0: That will just about do it for the 25th edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And now it looks like it's time for the 26th episode of Bandwagon Nerds. Welcome, all you fellow basement dwellers. It's your good friend Patrick O'Dowd. You just finished listening to the extra stuff to 25th edition of Bandwagon Nerds, where we wrapped up our top 50 video games of all time, and we just decided to keep going. Just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we we. Um, we didn't just decide to keep going. We we do have the whole panel here, with a little extra, a little something extra. So, gentlemen, welcome back, Dave. Welcome back, it, DPP. It's, it's good to be welcome back, back. But
1: back. I'm not the I'm not the attraction this week. Tony, welcome back. Oh, like
2: Chips, oh, I, must be that floral wallpaper that's blurred behind him.
3: <laughs> oh wait, I want to win the. I want to win the podcast first. Happy Mother's Day, every mother out there. Love all Hi. of you. I He's win. Yeah, oh, happy, happy, Mother's Day, guy. happy Mother's Day, guys.
1: Happy Mother's Day, guys. The show
0: doesn't drop on what Mother's Day. But anyway, let's- I already
3: apologized to you before we started, Patrick.
0: So after six months of being away from the podcast, after being here for two episodes and then disappearing off the face of the planet, we are happy to welcome back Big Rick himself, the man- who knows nothing about nerd dump?
4: <laughs>
0: the crowd goes wild for Mr. Letch- wild. Sh- 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 himself. Rick, welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds.
5: It's good to be back, man. And it was four episodes, Patrick O'Dowd, that I was here uh, for.
0: Four episodes. So, 21 missed episodes.
5: That's well, God, when you put it that way, I'm an asshole. <laughs>
0: I mean, we weren't going to I mean we were gonna say that actually. What am I kidding? We were totally gonna to call you an asshole. We we're gonna talk about how you left us, uh you left us to our own devices. We got you you came on for like one of the list shows, like a couple of the 80s project, I think you were there for.
4: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, credit Rocky where credit's he Man. Yeah, the worst Rocky movie ever made, but that's fine. Uh, that's actually not true. That one with the the kid and the street fight at the Rocky end, that thing crashed. Yeah, that one's garbage, so I won't do that. Uh, for the occasion, by the way, I did get a, an extra helping of scotch. Um, basically, finished off the bottle tonight, uh, saying goodbye to the the Belvini American cask. Uh, because hey, we're going to
3: talk. Yep. Speaking speaking of scotch, San Diego is German for a whale's vagina. Just want to drop some knowledge on y'all.
0: Oh, good. That's that's very important for us to know today.
3: So you learned something. I thought that was German.
5: <laughs>
0: anyway <laughs> Did he say so, so welcome back rick that that seems to be what <laughs> we're
1: stop. off to
5: a report well, oh, so my first ra- show in four months so big big rick affectionately
1: <laughs> called ricky boo-boo by my wife before we got on the show
5: we <laughs> 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 got out of the air ricky is a boo-boo that's she,
0: for uh, sure I
5: oh, said, don't lie on some facebook page and she laughed at it nice <laughs>
0: So we brought Rick back to not contribute to the show in any meaningful way today as we're going to talk about a lot of we're going to be very Disney heavy today uh, with a couple of different pieces. We're going to we're going to talk a lot of Star Wars, though, because when May the 4th hit, it was like Disney went on a Star Wars news barrage. And so there's a lot of really exciting stuff. I did have a little side Marvel thing that I wanted to bring up, too, uh, that actually came up a little bit um, during the recording of the chair shot radio uh, podcast that i do on the chair shot radio network chairshot.com every wednesday night or every wednesday at noon not usually night um but i figured since i i ripped off a little bit of dave's uh, suggestion i would at least throw a little a little um little wrestling meets marvel movie action news bites in here as well today of course we're going to wrap up lock and key as well episode 10 where everything went right and wrong at the same time uh, Which is very typical of a Netflix series And I'm very excited to talk about that And and yeah, so I don't know, how was the week guys? I mean, we just finished recording the 25th podcast I can tell you that I got in a lot of trouble a, a <laughs> I lot. do appreciate that
2: you gave a bathroom break In between these two episodes for us At the very just, least just, just brief, yeah
3: Let's yeah, hear about the trouble you got into. I think that's what everybody wants to hear about. I mean, I don't know if I, I
0: trouble this is. So I didn't recognize, and I said, I said this on on the preview on the chair shop podcast. I didn't realize what time it was until, and, and you can hear my tone change in the middle of our four hour. Well, Dave got it down to like three hours and 40 minutes. I think when it was all said and done is a monstrosity of a podcast. And, um, you can tell by the tone of my voice and the urgency in me going through the list when exactly I recognized what time it was. And my <laughs> and my wife started texting me. The Mrs. O'Dowd started texting me because, as I've made it very clear, I usually, when grilling season starts out here in New England, I basically cook dinner every night. Like, I'm on the grill, uh, pull out. I'm a cheater. I use gas. And, uh, you know, do, do, do my whole thing. Yeah, you can all thumbs down me.
1: Well, Dan, we already it's, know Dan and I are, are barbecue snobs now, so you know we, we're yes, gonna, we're gonna thumb down anything that's not pellet grills. So,
0: so anyway, so I, I think I got the first text at like right around 5 p.m. Eastern, and I can't remember where we were on the on the countdown list. But I like I like look at where we are on the countdown list. I'm like, okay, this can't take too much longer. So I'm like, we're almost done. I, I know we're running a little late. Send it off that text 45 minutes later. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she, and I get this text back. It's like, well, I guess we're just scrounging around the house for food, then. And I'm like, I, 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 I just, there's no, there's no words to be had when I come back up. Like I got to just go back up and quietly make my own damn dinner and just make, <laughs> Patrick and, just comes make up
1: my, and he's like, where's Connor and your wife's like, I sent him out to forage for some nuts and berries and shit. So <laughs>
0: Right, uh, and so yeah, so there it was. Uh, let's just say there was an icy silence around the Odowd household uh, the rest, the remainder of that Sunday, and I just kind of quietly went about my day. And yeah, that was that was really all there was to it. I think that, fellas, you you guys would agree. We we overestimated our ability. We had, we overestimated our ability to to knock out the episode. Oh, Tony did. No. Tony knew exactly. No. What
3: I pre- I told Dan exactly before we even gumped on how long it was going to take. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Considering <I didn't... laughs> it takes us two hours to get through uh, 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 ten, 10 of our top lists, yeah. you got to double it for I, 20. I
1: mean, I thought like as it was going on, I was like looking at the clock when we hit like about, you know, around 13 or 14 on our list. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to go a while because then we started running into a lot of overlap stuff that we had bypassed on previous episodes and yeah, I mean, when it was going on, I felt like the top 10, we were kind of skirting over a few things and maybe not giving it the attention it deserved. But when you listen back, it really wasn't like that. And when you run at three hours and 40 minutes, it's hard to say that we uh, didn't give shit the attention that it deserved.
0: So, for those of you who actually endured the marathon that was the marathon, not a sprint, uh, thank you for listening and coming back. I hope you've come back. I hope that coming. the thought of Rick returning didn't bring the listenership down either um but we'll we'll see uh
2: (laughs) don't worry both of our viewers will be thrilled
1: right i felt really bad though i I did i felt really bad i think patrick since to honor rick's return we should give him an in-class assignment let him go till the end of this episode but he's got to give us his number one video game of all time
5: i can give it to you already oh what is it well then lay it on us yeah if you give me any game system i will always go back to super nintendo and play the royal rumble Ah uh, yes. Good, good, good. I just solid like solid pick. I mean, I mean, I like I like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and all that Mario, but I was uh, the Royal Rumble man, Mister Perfect. My puh, puh.
0: my, my contribute. I always played as Lex Luger in that when he was the narcissist, and uh, and he would hit that forearm because uh, that forearm was devastating. I guess, and I just remember that in the Royal Rumble function, you could choke people like when the referee wasn't looking, you could show yeah, people. Yeah. Like, and It was like, Ew, Ew. Sound. yeah. Uh, supposedly
3: so, there was a metal plate in that forearm. Was yeah, this there, so there, a motorcycle there is, accident?
0: There is a metal plate in that forearm from, from a motorcycle later accident.
5: Later in his career, or is it still there?
0: No, I, well, I don't know if the plate's removed. I read his biography, though. Um, He wrote a, a very
3: brief it, autobiography. I Killed Miss Elizabeth. What is it called?
0: Oh, it's not, it's not called I Killed Miss Elizabeth. Um, Though he does talk about Elizabeth's death very, very briefly. Um,
3: but no, I no say that. I him. was asking. I didn't. It's not my opinion. I'm asking questions. Right, right. This uh, is what good you. journalism is. Hashtag journalism over at uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. <laughs> uh, booyah.
0: As I wasn't his autobiographer and or the, like, I just read the book once. I don't even remember. I don't remember what the title was. It was okay. Had they? Feature- it was only a couple hundred pages long. It was really
1: short. Had they featured that on Dark Side of the Ring? <laughs> the whole Miss Elizabeth death scandal?
5: I don't uh, know they, if they, they have did, done that they right? touched did on they? it for the macho man episode yeah for the savage the macho
0: man Randy Savage episode because of the relationship uh, aspect there but that's neither here nor there this is not a wrestling podcast though no. if you were to read the bandwagon Nerds chat today it seems very much like the chair shot chat has has moved into the bandwagon Nerds chat <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> short of greg demarco who's not a part of the chat which i think is hilarious and we should never invite him. By the way, guys, don't ever let him
3: in. I have like four <laughs> other feeds that I have Greg Demarco in. There. Right, right, right. He doesn't need. <laughs> and this I one. don't want any part of the chair shot chat. So, yes, yeah, so it
5: was a great. Apparently, neither does anyone else. Nobody comments in it anymore.
0: Well, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's great fun to have that chat to listen to you guys talk. Um, we got an episode to do here. We finished Lock and Key, guys. We finished Lock and Key today. So let's dive into that with our analysis of episode ten.
1: So, Rick, what do you think of episode 10?
5: <laughs> uh, reminded me a lot of episode one.
3: <laughs> wow. in, the vein, in the likeliness that you didn't watch either of them?
1: What Correct. Are, or any of them, for that matter. Right, right. Yes. Well, again,
0: 21 episodes, fellas.
5: Like... I'm still trying to finish the, what's the one we were doing? The Witcher, or what you call it? Mandalorian. Oh, did Jesus you ever Christ. finish Mandalorian? <laughs> I did finish Mandalorian, but the other one was Superman. The Witcher. Oh, The Witcher. Yes.
0: And don't ever call him Superman. Like he was yeah mean he was about okay.
5: Me. Man of Steel. My apologies. Yeah.
0: Okay. There's not enough Scott there's not enough Scotch today. Um <laughs> but it is funny that you talked about episode one and liking it just as much as episode ten or reminding you of episode episode ten reminding you of episode one. Because one of the things I said back when we watched episode one was one of those themes that uh, that came to pass uh, before we, we learned how horrible everything was, that idea of a family healing. Um, and that idea of a family recovering from a loss and coming closer together. And for all of the stuff that we're about to talk about with episode 10, that moment before we learn what's really been horrible that's been happening behind the scenes, you have this moment where the family, where mom is like, I was wrong to move you all from Seattle to Boston with or to Massachusetts without consulting you and doing this. I was trying to bring us closer together and learn more about your father. i I feel like the house is in a place where we could sell it and move back to Seattle. and the kids are like, "No, this is home for us." And you have this moment for you know this moment of happiness where the family has taken a step forward and in a good way and in a positive way now we all know that come season two it's going to go to shit but in you know as a wrap for the family on the season that's a great moment it was very it was a very nice moment uh to have happen for the family
2: i it want you guys like oh go ahead it seems like everybody's yeah the family wise they're all you know it's it's kind of classic <laughs> moving people moving right you know you you're uncomfortable at the beginning, you're, you know, you don't like it, everything's changing, all your friends are gone, and then all of a sudden you start to make new friends, you start to, you know, get together with other people, and, and things start to settle back in. And after a few months, everybody's everybody's good. Yeah, obviously we know with everything else that's going to happen that, you know, there's still shit out there that's going to fuck them up for the next season, but family-wise, yeah, it seems like they're all coming back together and, and settling back in mm-hmm. in a new state.
1: Does anybody know how many months have elapsed from episode one to ten storyline-wise?
3: <sighs> you know, it, it doesn't really say from set. them. Like, how long have they been at the house?
1: Right, right. I mean, basically, long, that's long they,
3: enough, the beginning is them moving into the house. Right,
1: right. And how long? L- th- I would say long say
3: enough. That can't long be that long. Major, months? I don't know. Three really,
1: months, months?
0: Three months? It, it has to be months because, like, major renovations were done to, uh, you know, fix the house. Like, that's what Mom's been doing the whole time. So that that sort of thing does take some work. Uh, I would say less than a year, like absolutely. I think oh, months sure. is probably Could, a good answer. But less than less than a school year, right? Yeah, less
3: than school year, right? So, I I want to just give my perspective as the one that was watching this for the second time and having known what had happened already. And I would like to make a suggestion not only to you guys but to anybody else listening or anybody else that will listen that has watched this once. If you have the time to go back and watch it the second time, you catch so much and just like hearing your guys' reactions to things. And I want to know how you all felt about, you know, I said there's two big surprises, and how did you feel about it? They threw the wrong person in the door, and Gabe is also Dodge. And now next year, we have Gabe slash Dodge with Eden. Eden. Eden getting struck by the light, the the bolt of light. Mm -hmm. She's cursed now, so she's probably possessed. She's going to be the new Dodge, I think. And Gabe could be having the crown. And you see at the end of the episode, the ominous storm coming on in and also watch this morning at the end of the episode, Netflix confirms that there indeed will be a second season.
1: I I mean, go ahead, Dan.
2: uh, I was just going to say about the, the whole uh, keepers of the keys thing too. seem to be like, you know, they circle back to a new, it's like a new group is the keeper of the keys. And it's like, it's, Almost starting over, you know, you minus, obviously, Dodge is still out there and everything. But, uh, you know, a new member of, of this new group now of kids that are going to be the Keepers gets struck by one of those things and is going to, you know, the evil's still there. It's like it's kind of all circling back to almost starting over with the same issues.
1: Yeah, right. I did. Oh, go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say it was such a good episode because. Three-quarters of the way through, everything seems to be lined up. You get this ultra-happy ending, and in the back of your mind, you're like, bullshit, it's not going to end this way. Uh, got the strong feeling that Ellie had been thrown into the uh, black door by <laughs> by mistake. Uh, did not see Gabe being uh, dodged, but yeah, the the uh, wolf is in the hen house. That's for damn sure. And, and with Kinsey having all the keys in that music box, yeah, season two is going to go all fucking crazy. So... I, I liked, you know, using wrestling terminology, great swerve at the end of that thing there to just kind of throw you off. You knew something was coming, but, um, yeah, fun episode. I love the shadow people and, and that, that is that's right. some great effects and easily defeated by turning the lights on, which makes perfect sense. Right. Mr. Scientist, that would make perfect sense to defeat <laughs> shadow people. Turn the lights on.
2: It's only logical.
0: I
1: Did mean, you ju- still ju- cast
0: shadows though. It's science. Um. <laughs> so i I will say i (laughs) I also i also didn't see the gabe thing uh at all though i was like oh that's clever and makes you know makes a lot of sense and i'm sure on a second watch it's it's a little bit easier to see and and pick up on that's usually how those sorts of things go i um i knew the second they found unconscious dodge that that wasn't dodge because there was no fucking crown she was like wearing the crown all over the place the crown is gone and missing where did it go? And that would have been the first thing I like. They knew that she had this crown that was controlling shadows. Why is that not what you're looking for? And getting that to safety, and they, they just no problem. They're they're so wrapped up in taking unconscious dodge and throwing you know throwing Ellie into the thing. Um, and then of course you figure out. I didn't know that it was Ellie. Um, I knew that it wasn't dodge. So. It wasn't until you know Bodhi goes to um, the house and is like, "Where's your mom?" and you you learn that she's missing. That oh, okay, so she got. That's where the switch
5: happened. You got all that, Rick? Uh, taking notes, my man. <laughs> taking notes. If
1: you like Marvel, which I know you do, you should definitely watch this show because you would you would enjoy it.
5: It's funny. Before I moved back down here, that's the next show me and the wife was going to watch. So I should have kept up with you guys, but. I'm sure I'll catch up at some point before season five. Ah, that's
0: okay. We'll find a new show for you to not watch today anyway. So <laughs>
5: well, I, I have uh, a recommendation by the end of the show. I'll give it to you and see what you all think. Right. All
0: right. Uh, the Dukes of Hazard is
5: not an acceptable
1: that bandwagon.
5: That is we are further south than Georgia. We don't watch that. The best
1: of Drew Brees uh-huh. career highlights, no.
5: Boom. Can't do that.
1: Seven-hour tape. Oh, Jesus. Uh. Jesus. Uh. Well, that's longer than the entire history of the Washington Redskins highlights. So that's
0: <laughs> true it's all it's also still not as long as episode 25 of bandwagon nerds oh, no. so so yeah so when we get to the end of this we have we have two two of these creatures whatever dodge is um in the world now we have we have keys i'm you know i'm interested as to whether or not the keys actually stay in the music box or if they do follow in the footsteps of dad and his friends and have people be keepers of the keys. We already know Dodge has one. Uh, Do they do like one of these weird split amongst the kids thing, or is it just going to be the lock children who protect it? And that's what's going to happen. And I think that's something you learn in season two, obviously. Yeah. I mean,
3: were all the keys even in the box though. I don't think all the keys are in the
0: box. Dodge clearly has
3: one of them. Right. But I think, I think Tyler and and Bodie each have.
0: Yeah um tyler bodie had the fire key or the matchstick key and the mind key i don't know what they've given over to who you saw the omega key in the key box
1: um i don't think the kids know the identity key exists that's my guess because they do you think they've seen it they've seen it in action yeah
3: Hmm. i I don't think anybody's used the identity key except for dodge
1: yeah, that's, the, I, I'm not, we'd have to go back and watch it, but I don't think they know it exists. Cause, I'm fairly well, certain.
0: Because Dodge didn't have any keys.
3: The Hess like, key they've Dodge. all seen, but the identity key I don't think they've seen. I,
0: uh, I guess we're going we back to rewatch this. We're going to start all over with Lock <laughs> Key, episode one, on um, number 27 of
3: Bandwagon. All right, third time. <laughs>
2: How about especially. the, uh, how about the lights, the fire matchstick lightsaber? That was pretty cool. Yeah. That that was yeah. That
0: was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. this, are,
0: this is what's great about having ki- kids be, be part of these shows is that you have kid, a childlike ingenuity is required to come up with stuff like that. Like I don't, I wouldn't think of that.
3: No. Dave's made a lot of good points about Bodhi. And I think one of the coolest things besides that is when he's going to leave and they're going to the sea caves to throw dodge in and he's going to check on Rufus you know, right. Tyler's like, just don't do anything stupid. And he's like, well, you don't do anything stupid.
1: Right. You, <laughs> e- you either. Bodie's the smartest one of all of them. And the, he one, he on and the one who has been on the whole time,
3: you've been on that the whole time.
1: Yeah, the one who makes the least stupid mistakes and decisions has always been Bodhi. Even even at the outset where he was the one finding the keys, he was the one kind of not, you know, not taking unnecessary risks. But um, yeah, I mean, when season two, anybody know? Never. Cause we're all <laughs> locked
3: uh, right, probably right after Christmas. I bet.
1: Now I
0: worry. Cause I wonder if it's going to go like, is it going to go the way of like a, a game of Thrones sort of way or shoot stranger things, stranger things always seems to take forever. We'll, we'll see. I hope that it's sooner yeah, rather than later. It's when they can get to film. Obviously, you know, I, I'm sure George is open. So, uh, and we, it seems to be where we film everything. So, <laughs> um we'll find out we'll get news and i'm sure you know things are things are things are rolling so we'll we'll get there but a terrific end and it was one of those things with uh with the family reconciliation thing happening with nine minutes to go in the show it really was like how much of this after action do we do we really need to go through so um i too yeah i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to season two it was a very very good pick I feel like we've been three for three on shows, which is why I'm really worried to hear Rick's suggestion. Which I'm going to turn over to him now. Rick, you say you have a suggestion for for a show. I look forward to shooting this down. Let's let's hear your suggestion.
5: Uh, dead to me, season two. Oh,
3: I got that on my list. I seen season one. I'm season to one to was our watching season two. I don't really know how much that fits into the nerd culture, though. There, Rick. I agree. <laughs>
5: I, it just seems like a show I would uh you could count on me to watch
1: from a hey Rick hour,
3: why don't you so. come on the why don't you come on the DWI podcast sometime and we can review Dead to Me season two when we're done watching it
1: what is the show what is the show yeah. about what is the premise
3: I'll let it you, so. Uh, so it's Christina Applegate moves in and like someone kills her husband and then they end up being best friends or something there's nothing supernatural about anything
5: but she doesn't uh, know she's the one that killed her husband until right it's a suspense
3: yeah. not a nerd culture superhero kind of series
1: hmm <laughs> <laughs> it sounds kind of dark
3: yeah it is pretty it dark is.
5: but it's it Christina Applegate's uh, best it's also a yeah, it's, it's a dark, also a, it's a dark comedy. Com- comedy it's a
3: dark comedy it's a dark
2: comedy yeah it. Christina Applegate's husband basically gets DB, run over by a car. Does it,
3: does it belong to be our next, uh, reviewed show?
2: <laughs> does not. it
3: okay, does Not, not for this, not Sorry, for this Rick. show, but I it's a damn
2: good show. It's a damn it. good show. Watch, I watch it with your wife. Dave, watch
3: it, watch oh, Dave, watch watch it. You with your yeah. wife. You definitely might think you might think about cold. sleeping with your eyes open. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a, we're trying to break into Schlitz Creek. Actually. Um, or Schitt's Creek, or whatever it's called. I the uh, Eugene A, Creek,
3: a Schlitz Schlitz Creek would be great though. <laughs> right.
2: Schlitz beer? Or or Schitt, Creek? I mean, Schitt's man, Creek, or whatever it is. Yeah. it to be recorded in There's, Milwaukee then, if that's the case. Oh, There's geez. a
5: place down here. It's called uh, Schlitz and Giggles, serves pizza and beer. Nice. Good.
0: I don't know if Dave has anything on his mind other than he's desperate to talk about Crisis on Infinite Earth every time we bring it up. Uh, one of the shows that I had mentioned that I'd shared with you guys ages ago is on Amazon Prime. What, what, what is it i see like smiled, and no, finger it's, point. Just like
1: you're Tani and i have been lobbying for crisis for for how many months now
0: i mean it's dc and we all know dc is trash but anyway patrick, uh, it's your
3: it's your world patrick we're just living in it okay Uh it's it's more of will be fighting
0: what i feel like maybe an inevitable battle, uh, <laughs> battle at some point like you you guys are what is it um you you are inevitable, is that what as Thanos it would is say?
2: Ine- it is inevitable. We are, we are Thanos.
0: Oh,
1: Jeez, I'm, real, I'm right. really
0: <laughs> interested. There's a couple of shows that are coming out that are, uh, well, one is already out. It's on Amazon Prime that I mentioned way before. Heck, I think it was maybe episode one-ish of Lock and Key called Tales from the Loop, which is, um, I, I'm actually really not too sure what to make of it, I, other than it's based on artwork by um and i actually I gotta go look it up uh but it's definitely very interesting very science fiction there's also uh, a television series adaptation of the sci-fi movie snowpiercer debuting on tbs uh which was uh the movie star jennifer connelly and chris evans captain america himself uh living on in a in a future in a post-apocalyptic future where the world is covered in like arctic snow and people live on this train and it's divided by like um so, like status like, like classes or yeah like classism like poor people at the back of the train rich people at the front uh, and all this different stuff and in the movie it's all about the poor folks Fighting their way to try to get to the front of the train, kind of trying to throw off the oppression. Jennifer Connelly came back for the TV show, and so I'm wondering if it's just a reimagining of the movie, like starting from scratch, because a, a continuation doesn't make a, a lot of sense off the tele- off the movie. So I think it's it's one of those where you wouldn't need to see the movie to to watch the show. Um, and then Why there's that, crisis. Uh...
2: Why not we put it on Twitter and, and have the fans vote on what we watch next? I mean, I, PC Tony-wise, oh, we'll always, get, he always we'll, has we'll really get, good suggestions. We'll get I three always, votes. I
4: <laughs> always we'll enjoy
2: get... him. And my vote would be for Umbrella Academy. If anybody's haven't watched that yet, that was a fantastic show. And
3: Oh, shit. Rick agrees. Wait, wait. Rick, Rick likes your suggestion? Rick likes the one's out. Okay. That one's out. That one caught my eye. So. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> well, is, is that is, Resident me, Evil? He's,
2: play, he's playing to the noob. Because I'm the uh, new um, guy on
3: the show. He's... Umbrella Academy.
2: I'm the new guy. Umbrella
0: Academy on my list. Like, it's on my Netflix yeah. queue. What's that? It's I mean, one that of those... sounds Resident
1: Evil kind of like.
0: No, it's not. It's actually very, um, think dark X-Men. Uh, and so there's this group of, like, young people with special talents and gifts. Um, it's based on a comic book, uh, and I can't remember uh, who wrote it. The The basic. What's that?
2: gerald away i think is his name yeah
0: the basic premise is there's one of them that can travel through time comes back from the future uh to to try and rectify something so that a horrific future doesn't happen uh i think uh was it uh what's her name juno's in it um
2: oh yeah uh page uh, yeah Ellen
0: page or page no um sounds right Patty. but
3: this is my
0: house there's also, talking, there's also a that talking there's also a talking chimp there's also a talking chimpanzee you know? on that page.
3: Yeah, I was going to say that I see, a chimpanzee with an umbrella, right? Umbrella. Right. He's like the
0: headmaster
1: or whatever the umbrella guy. is.
2: yeah, he's like the butler. But like, it's, yeah, it's...
1: I do like the option of putting this to the to the people and seeing what All right, right
5: so Well, here's a fourth so, one. How about Sabrina? What?
1: Oh God! Uh, I've watched <laughs> that. Like
0: I've already watched
5: that, and um. What about parts one, two, three, four, and five? I mean, they're coming out every three weeks.
0: I know. I've like by the, the Mrs. O'Dowd likes that show. I still She's like
1: actually, um. I still that's like a the dark fucking show. I still like the boys as an option too.
0: It is there's a lot of Satan involved?
1: What was that, Dave? I said I still like the boys as an option.
0: If you guys can get through season one, season two is coming. Like, very, That's very soon, like, in, towards, towards the end of May. I love The Boys. I want you guys to watch The Boys. I, it's a, it's a great, great show. It left off in a terrific way. Hell, I would go back and rewatch The Boys. I would pull a tonny, rewatch The Boys to talk about you guys, because it was so good. Like, I really liked that
2: one. I've watched it as well. It's very good.
5: What about so, Man in the Hightower? Tower? that out there. Is that one on Hulu? Amazon Prime. If you don't know and what it is, it's where the Nazis and the Japanese won World War Two, and we're living in their world instead of our
2: world. Uh,
5: nerds. All right. all right, so
0: off show, we'll we'll come up with a poll of what we think are the best options. We'll we'll put it to the people. All four listeners, there will be four votes on the four options, one for so each. What's, so what's our four options? Again, it'll be you know, a tie. Let's recap the four <laughs> I, options. I think. Um, I heard. I like Umbrella Academy as an option. I like. We can put Crisis of Infinite Earths on there. You're scared you're gonna like it. I'm not gonna like it, but that's you okay. You are. I can There's guarantee you. No you're way like
1: you're it. not gonna like it. Is that a double negative. That episodes. was a double negative. I'm only such five a easy fan. Um
0: so we'll put Crisis on there. We'll put Tales from the Loop, and we'll put the Boys. How's that?
1: I'm, I'm dead right. down with it. I
0: it. All right. So we'll Thought we'll come back. Fit. We'll come back next week with no show to review, but a decision will be made.
3: right how about the uh the uh the poll goes up with the episode on tuesday and it ends right before we start recording uh next week
0: i like it we will do that done and done all right we're ready to talk some actual movie news talk some stuff that's going on so last week uh after we had recorded our marathon podcast um Around the time of May the 4th, there was a news article, news item that dropped some movie news about a casting of one Becky Lynch for an upcoming Marvel movie. Now, this came off the heels of her being uh, premiering in an episode of I can't remember the name of the show. Uh, Does anybody remember what the like the Showtime program was that uh, that she was on? I don't remember
1: it.
5: PC doesn't even want to talk about this. He left.
0: He's frozen
1: days <laughs> no. <laughs> back now.
0: Um, but anyway, along with her making this day, de- like this television debut, there was a news bit, a uh, little rumor bit that said that Becky Lynch has been cast in an upcoming Marvel movie uh, for the Marvel cinematic universe. Now there was some speculation with the article that was a little bit ridiculous. Uh, there is a running, uh, um, assumption that she might be showing up in the uh Shang-Chi movie uh as a fighter in a like martial arts tournament that's going to be taking place like as a backdrop within the within the the films. Uh what we did on the DeMarco show is though is that Greg put to me who we think who I think Becky Lynch could be cast as and I gave a list of five characters. I stole one from Dave. Uh, Dave had suggested uh, the Red Skull's daughter Sin, uh, and I did actually mention that as a possibility. Um, but uh, I put these five possibilities out there to Greg and Miranda, and then they got to like look at them and vote as to who they thought it was most likely that they were that she was going to be in, or that she was going to be cast as. And so I thought it would be fun to just with some of the guys around here, let's dream big and cast Becky Lynch in a Marvel movie. Who do we think? she could be if she's not random karate fighter number two in the Shang-Chi karate tournament thing.
1: Well, I mean, other than sin, the one that I mentioned, cause she does look a lot like the picture that I sent over, um, stuff I've heard, It possibilities are, uh, and it really depends what direction they want to go. Do they want to make Becky badass? Uh, do they want to make her more of a heel like character in the Marvel universe or do they want to keep her squeaky clean and that sort of thing? Um, some stuff I've heard is Elsa Bloodstone's possibility. Uh, I've heard stuff like Squirrel Girl. If they're actually going to bring, I mean, Becky a Squirrel Girl, mm, maybe <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. I mean, she could do she could do a uh, she could do a steampunk style Squirrel Girl. She there could. that would fit very much with her personality. She could. She might be able to pull off a Miss Marvel uh, or something
0: like <laughs> that. See, and I had um,
3: I went mutant uh, for a I've heard, i I've heard I've heard She Hulk. Nah,
0: so
4: well,
0: well. So here's my thing: is I don't think she's Jen Walter She-Hulk. If she's She-Hulk, she's Lyra, uh, the She-Hulk Lyra, who is a redheaded She-Hulk. Um, she Can would I- be, a, I mean, it'd be a digital character. So like, I, the whole like whether she would look quote unquote look right, I don't think matters. Go ahead.
3: What if, what if they create a new character for her? What if they it's just awesome. say we want we want Becky Lynch as part of part of the universe because. How many girls, how many little girls look up to Becky Lynch and love Becky Lynch? Think about the last two years, right? Like no one's going anywhere and watching anything right now, but she has a following of people that are of the right age to bring them in and watch a Marvel Universe of people, of little girls that aren't necessarily looking forward to a Marvel Universe movie, right? Think about that. Like what if Becky Lynch is just some kind of steampunk superhero or whatever and exacerbate, in the further exacerbation of her playing Becky Lynch in WWE you know, I mean, there doesn't have to be that direct correlation and likely won't be for many, many reasons that are very, very clear. But I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Am I, is that way off the wall?
0: I mean, it's not entirely off the wall. It's not unusual or unheard of for a character to be created out of a series. Uh, the couple of examples that come off the top of my head. The uh, X-Men cartoon, the 90s X-Men cartoon that was on my top 10 list uh, had a character, Morph, that was... Not the same morph that was in the age of apocalypse comics, but was its own unique mutant that was created specifically on the show. One of the characters I mentioned uh, on the DeMarco show was Firestar, who was created for the Spider-Man and his amazing friends cartoon. She's a mutant, she controls microwaves, um, basically has heat-based powers and can fly. And could could make a could make a lot of like it's not unheard of that they would make up characters. I would say in the MCU, they've never done that so it would be kind of a, a little bit of a step away. Like everything that they've done in the MCU so, so far has been an existing established character.
1: Yeah. And the MCU has got so much stuff to draw from that. It would almost be like, why would we, why do we make up a character when we've got just this massive oh. catalog of people to.
0: But why would any show that's been created do that? I mean, it happens all over the place. Like DC's had a few as well. Like the wonder twins didn't exist until super friends.
1: No, an Apache warrior never existed. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but they
3: had to jump on it. Uh, 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 uh. Sorry.
2: Well, you, talk, you guys talk about the, you know, there's so many different characters that are out there and we're going into a different, you know, era of Marvel with being done with the Thanos story and all that. And now we're moving into another, you know, who knows what they're going to go into for the next kind of story and story arc and grouping together. There's all these different characters that they can bring in. You know, they haven't brought the X-Men into the story at all. They haven't brought in the fantastic four. So you could see her, you could see her playing any of those Jean uh, Jean gray, you know, Sue storm or something like that. If they bring those in, she could do anything like that too.
0: See, I, and I would love to see her maybe not be Jean gray, but maybe Rachel summers or one of their kids. Uh, Jean gray is such a tough Tough character to, to to jump in and sell off. Or Wolf Spain was another one. Um, the thing is, is that Becky Lynch has got such a distinctive look that you don't want to take that away. That red hair is very much like that's that's what you have for her. That's kind of iconic in sort of identifying her as a as a, as an actress as well as a character. So,
3: Cinema Blend has an interesting article on six characters that Becky Lynch could play. You want to hear them? Sure. Uh, the first one is Rogue maybe from the X from the X-Men franchise
1: Yeah, maybe
3: then they got She-Hulk we already talked about that uh Mystique
1: possibly uh,
3: Firestar Firestar that was already brought up uh Thundra did we talk about her maybe playing Thundra no that's a I
0: mean that's an interesting
3: possibility and then Titania Mm
0: i love this we're, we're actually David for Air titania
3: Air. they say for it's funny because <laughs> when you read the article for titania they, they say we feel like charlotte flair could be a better
1: person for this character <laughs> that's funny
0: here's the thing i think people are making a little bit more out of this than what it really is i think she's getting the kind of role that george st pierre had in captain america winter soldier where it's a role that's going to showcase her ability as a stunt worker uh she's going to fight in some way shape or form and be able to show off some of that and maybe some acting chops but she's not going to be a focal point or somebody that we see maybe after that that's my own personal like sort of speculation on the whole deal and i this is coming as a guy who wants her to pursue an acting career and do great i think she's going to go the way of the rock
3: are there any sort of significant civilian characters within the marvel universe she could play uh, well, Pepper Potts is done.
1: Yeah, no, I don't know, I don't know what they're going to do with go. they're not. I don't know what they're going to do with Maria Hill. Whether that's going to be done differently than it has been in the past? Doubtful. Uh, Why would you get rid of Colby Smaller? Right, exactly. I mean, I, you know, I I can't see that. Um, I, I don't. I don't see them giving her a major role. I, I agree with Patrick. I think it's going to be some some bit part, some lesser character that you don't know a whole lot about. Because really, what's Becky done acting wise besides WWE and the Marine? uh has she done anything else what
3: if she just plays becky lynch the wwe character becky lynch
1: that'd be interesting um and she gets her head ripped off by she hulk all right that's cool
4: Here,
0: here's the other thing about this though that i think is is really um possible i think that this is, is an opportunity for becky to take a bigger step into acting I think this is a launching pad sort of role for her. We talked about again. This is I feel like I'm rehashing the DeMarco show a little bit. I feel like this is like The Rock in the The Mummy 2, where The Rock was in the The Mummy 2 as the Scorpion King, like at the beginning, and then Creepy Digital. The Rock was there at the end, but then it launched him into his own movie, and really sort of skyrocketed his career from there. Um. I, I, I like the idea of dreaming big on this. Um, I just think that it's, it, I think that it's going to be, she's going to have some sort of prominent role. She's going to, uh, in terms of, she's going to have some prominent scenes where she's actively involved to showcase her skills. She's probably going to get some lines, something to show off some chops. Uh, but at the end of the day, is she going to be in like Marvel movies for years to come? I doubt it. That's, yeah. that's kind of where I land is on it. Is she that. even
5: that good of an actress? I mean, let's. we be- don't know. We don't know. Yeah.
0: Like, We don't know. And I keep trying to go back and find out what the the show was that she's that she just she was in an episode of. uh, And I just uh, not doing well with Googling. And I can't cinema blend the way that Tony does uh, during a podcast. So um, I just I just don't have those mad skills. (laughs) But we don't know. And I think that's the thing is we didn't know how The Rock was going to do until he showed up and was on saturday night live and was on you know was in the scorpion king but he did well enough and impressed enough people that they were like this guy can do it so this these are like her shot this is
5: like her shot yeah but we knew what the rock was trick quiv- you know? trick
3: wwe quick, quick trivia question what three wrestlers were on that edition of saturday night live with the rock
0: uh the big show and triple h
3: three wrestlers
0: three
1: um, and Foley. Foley.
3: boom Foley- ring, Foley- ring the bell, bell.
1: I got, I got two Where's of them. Where's your bell at, pa- Dan? What the fuck? It's, it's reserved for the DWI podcast. Wow. Jesus, the bell? I didn't know you guys had DC exclusivity. I
2: didn't know you guys had exclusivity. I called
3: for it. I didn't even know. I didn't even what know. Have it. have it's even moved it. I even yeah, know. Yeah, it's
0: writing supreme. Anyway.
3: Fear pressure. He fucking brought it out. We'll,
0: well I have to wait and see what happens
3: <laughs> with Becky Lynch. He took I'm, I'm more out. concerned why he couldn't just. What do you mean he
5: took it out? He took it out.
0: Thank you, Dave. That one's your fault. I'm I'm holding that one over you. For what? Well, suddenly we had to have like this, like five minute interlude about a fucking bell. Like, I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Five minutes.
1: Clearly you're still on episode 25. We got to make up the time somehow. Yeah, we got got three hours to go. We got three Uh, hours to go, man.
0: Apparently, apparently DPP has a bedtime today. So we're going to move on. We're going to jump in. He, He was the one who was all Mr. Like hard. What was it? Hard 400? out. I got a hard
3: out in three you hours.
0: Got a hard
3: out, right? <laughs> secretly, really Patrick's texting his wife. We'll be done in twenty minutes.
0: Right. <laughs> I'm fucking done with these pieces of shit. Get me on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. I couldn't resist. I'm good. We're gonna we're gonna put a bow on Becky Lynch, though. We're gonna move into a, a something that we actually talked about a few weeks ago on the show, back when Universal started to have its spat with uh which which theater chain was it um, a- AMC. AMC Where AMC was like we're no longer doing universal films because Universal made the decision to make Troll Trolls Two or whatever it was, Trolls Rock of Ages. Trolls available Right. Available to the masses for twenty bucks. And apparently that was so important to our AMC cinemas that, that was that was a bridge too far. And they were like, Forget you, we're not doing we're not gonna carry Universal films. And it was like, Okay. So I found, I came across this interesting article that I, I just shared out to you guys. Um, whether or not you actually read it or not, that's fine if you didn't. But it was uh, it was an io9 article talking about how Disney right now is kind of tiptoeing around this drama and staying out of it. So since we had this talk, the, the whole standoff between Legacy Theaters and Legacy Studios has been really gross. Uh, you know, NBC Universal executive Jeff Shell, kind of being the big one who started who really ignited this feud uh, between Universal uh, Pictures, AMC and Cineworld, which owns Regal Cinema Theaters, uh, has really pushed an envelope and I think scared the shit out of out of these major cinema chains. Uh, and so this article just noted that right now Disney's kind of playing a very interesting game with a lot of their releases. So as many of you know, we've we've already seen Onward get released into Disney Plus early. Uh, it did have a theater run, but it was right before things really started shutting down. The Artemis Fowl movie is getting released to Disney Plus, kind of bypassing the theaters entirely. Uh, but outside of that, there's a lot of projects that they just haven't done anything with. And so they're kind of skirting around this. It really got me to thinking... Because Tony made the point that this really comes down to, and he did a very famous hand gesture, you know, the little the, the dollar sign. No, not that one. The other one. The, the, the little dollar dollars uh, hand gesture. And in doing so, you know, made the point that this is really going to come down to where the money can be made and how it can be done. And so to that end, I, I got to thinking, and, and to me, and I, I'll turn this over to you, I think Disney's decision... Regarding what happens with films being available immediately on digital versus going to a movie theater is going to be the deciding factor into where cinema goes in the future after this is all said and done. And
3: before Dave and DP give serious opinions on this very serious topic and and it's something that should be addressed and and, and talked about, I, I just want to say, you know, think about that conversation. What what movie? What movie? Trolls 2, that's it. We're done. If it's Trolls 2, that's it. That's it. That's the last straw. You know, that was the conversation there. That that was that really makes me laugh. And the other thing is, when you bring up Disney, I heard the Seven Dwarfs are out of work. And and the reason is, is when you got to wear a mask, it makes it really hard to whistle while you work. So let's go back to Dave and DP on what we were talking about before with some serious react. Oh, I
5: thought that was a very serious take, DC. A good take. I actually want to hear Rick's right. thoughts first. Yeah, like me on too. This whole thing. Rick, Rick, what do you what do you think, Rick? If I if I'm understanding it the way I'm supposed to understand it, I don't know why Disney would release anything and miss out on hundreds of millions or billions of dollars.
1: There's a good reason why. Because oh, well, well, why is that? They've already lost one billion dollars on the parks being closed, so Disney's got to do something to recoup. Like we had, we talked oh, about a few weeks we ago. Are we
5: talking about? Are we talking about when the theaters are closed?
0: only no, just or we're, we're talking, we're talking about it. how we're talking about how this is going to impact things in the future like i think that it could be like right now maybe it is behind the guise of the COVID 19 crisis that has caused theaters to be closed that that they're making a decision i don't know that i buy that um because movies are expensive and i think that's the the thing to me that i find very interesting
5: i think that on tuesdays I think Netflix has already started all that with with how everything is being changed. Uh, Because was it Quentin Tarantino or somebody came out and said, Netflix, uh, you're taking money out of our pocket. And he was like the next director to direct a Netflix movie. Okay, but
3: here's a bigger question that kind of comes in line with all this. And it's a very serious question. And it's something I brought up to somebody at work the very next day that you posted and and brought this to our attention, Patrick. And I just want people to briefly know – Dave and Patrick posts a lot of the stuff that we end up coming up with on this show and they do a good job of keeping their thumb on what's going on. I know DP does as well. Um, I don't so much. So kudos to you guys, but is universal taking themselves out of running for Oscar situations? Then if you can't have your movie in the theaters for one consecutive week without being anywhere else, you're not going to be nominated for an Oscar. Did you know that?
0: Yes, I did know that. And that's and that does lead to an interesting question because that's one of the big problems that Netflix had with a lot of their original films, and The Irishman, I don't know where it played, but it had to play somewhere if I'm not mistaken before it went and was available
3: on their streaming service. It had to but, be in a movie theater for a week somewhere before right. it to get nominated. And well,
1: so, and do
2: those rules change? Are those rules going to change right. in the future with all of this?
1: Yeah, no one knows the rules anymore. I mean, what? Well, Bill Belichick probably knows. Well, yeah, and I, and I
0: do. I do want to hit on something that I think Rick hinted at uh, in terms of Netflix sort of starting the conflict because, you know, believe it or not, Rick makes a good point. This is, this streaming is the future. I think we all know streaming is the future. Digital film is the future. And what I find very interesting with theaters is that they are not, they, they did not get on board when I think it was time to get on board because I do think at the end of the day, when you look like i'll talk i'm going to talk about i have a friend his name is matt and when this whole universal thing came down he had this really interesting conversation with me where he he was like trolls worldwide why that is a big deal to movie theaters matt used to work at a movie theater it's a big deal because of the audience that it does bring And, and as somebody who it's true it doesn't bring me like i'm not gonna go see it but as a father I might drag my kid to that because they want to go see it. And that population brings in a lot of money, particularly over the summer. And Matt would talk to me about, you know, when he worked at the movie theater, like those during the day, those things make pretty good bank for the the movie theaters. He's like, and as a father now, he talked about, he's like, this opportunity to be able to, he has two daughters, to be able to watch that movie in his home with his two kids where he can make his own popcorn and not pay eight bucks for it where he can give them two cans of soda versus the you know eight bucks it's going to cost for that plus the cost of the ticket outside of tuesday um or cheap you know cheap movie day whatever it is uh even if you have like the cinemark club Thing that reduces a, a a ticket price maybe to you know by a dollar, he looks it around for that trip to go see Trolls Worldwide for the three for him and his kids. That's a sixty dollar prospect. He's paying a third of that to be able to watch it at home. So is the money really still there if it's not if it's cost prohibitive for him to go? And so it's really kind of looking at this as a throttle and monopoly. And so I you know. I think that eventually we're going to get to that and that theaters could have made their, could have made their hay and say, this is our app. This is our service that you download to, to watch our movies. And maybe it's cheaper and you, but you find a different way to do it. And universal just kind of cut the middleman out and was like, no, we, we have this, we have this forum and we can do this. I bring this back to the original question though. How does Disney influence this? Cause I think Disney, influences is in, in a huge Disney way. Huge
5: influences because they own over half of whatever it is we're talking the whole movie industry. So whatever Disney Very much gonna so. Do, people are going to say, "Oh wow, Disney's making XXX. We're only making X. Let's do what Disney's
3: doing." It's funny. I said last night Disney had the best show in town, and that was UFC 249 because yeah, you can directly that, relate too. you you can directly relate UFC to Disney. You don't even need six steps of Kevin's bacon, right, Dave?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean Well, like Rick brings up a good point with Disney having the rights to the MCU, uh, the biggest franchise on the planet right now. I mean, yeah, if if Disney was to say, you know, fuck the movie theaters, we're going to release everything straight to uh, the streaming service. I think that spells the largely the end of cinema as we know it. And, you know, (laughs) if if they go the other way and say, I mean, personally, I think Disney's probably buying some time right now because they know that things are starting to loosen up they know things are opening up Uh, i heard today that Disneyland's looking to reopen in july with limited capacity that sort of thing so the wheels of the machine are starting to slowly turn so i expect disney to take a very diplomatic position on this for the next few months but yeah if they do something drastic like say you know fuck it we've already got black widow done uh we're going to release that straight to video which is not going to happen but if they did do that that would be devastating to the cinema industry and i know patrick's well, speculated about the end of cinema as we know it for a while and and yeah i mean you get a massive player like disney out there who needs to recoup some of the losses that they've had it's it's a very uncertain and interesting time frame well let me ask you
5: all a question first off uh, let's make the point the reason this, the cinemas are out there is because it was an outlet for movie industries to get their product out to everybody if disney now can get that product out to everybody without going through a movie theater i don't know why they wouldn't but but, but with, it's, that, with that being with that being said why i i understand disney is going to do what they're going to do to make money but how many of the people that spend 20 dollars a ticket don't have disney plus Is disney going to lose they have to be lo- if you're going to gross 980 something million dollars <laughs> you're gonna are you not going to lose anything by releasing this straight to your streaming service to get another type of audience to view your public... Oh, sure, sure. ...to view your audience? There, there's, right, still,
1: there's still the dynamic of seeing it on the big screen in that environment. Like right, the, right. the clip we played from, the, uh, from Endgame where people lost their mind with Avengers Assemble. You watch that at home, that never happens. So there is that, whether you want to call it nostalgia or the practical effect of a big screen experience, Disney doesn't want to lose that. Nobody really wants to lose that. Well...
3: And or, see, I've so, seen I've seen every Star Wars movie in the theater, uh, minus the first three that came out, uh, you know, uh, chronologically because you weren't born uh, four, five, and six. Fuck you, Tony. Well, well, fuck you. I, I was born for three, I think. You the, know,
0: we haven't made an old man Ungar joke in a while, and then you got all like you got your panties in a bunch over that, like Son Return got of the Jedi. Vagina. When
3: was when was Return Jeez. of the Jedi? What 80, year was Return of the 83? Jedi?
0: Eighty-three.
3: Oh, what time? So, what year was uh, Empire Strikes Back? 80 81 or no 83 I, yeah, I was I was alive for two of them I believe but sir, so, here, here's the deal there's some movies better seen in the theater I, I will go see those in 3D in the theater all the time and so here's and here's where I'm getting with this so I I do agree with
0: you guys and I think that I actually think we'll end up in some sort of a hybrid model um, where we there may be less time between when a movie hits a theater before it's available on streaming but the reason i brought up why disney matters is is back back once upon a time i can't remember like 20 some years ago a new format of watching movies at home came about there were two options in front of you there was blu-ray there
3: was HD DVD. Taking the
2: headphones off doesn't mute your microphone. (laughs) There's
3: a little button on Skype, Rick. When you go up over it, I've been doing it all fucking show. I can turn my camera off there. I go, bye, guys. You can't see me. John Cena mode right there. And then over here, this is, you can't hear me. This is Brock Lesnar.
0: Here's what I think is funny. This is the second time where I've been trying to, like, persevere, go straight face through my point while, like, shit's going on around me. We got Tony jacking off. In frame during the hand symbol. Yeah, I called you out. And then we not like literally jacking off. He did. He might have done a symbol or something. um And then yeah, we got rick Something happened. We've lost rick That's okay. My point was is that we had Blu-ray and HD DVD. They came out at the same time. The PlayStation um, three and Xbox were were um, were hitting the hitting the shelves. And if you had an Xbox. It would play HD DVDs. If you had a PS3, they played Blu-rays. And then there were machines for both. And for a long time, those two formats were running even with like availability films, watching the quality was pretty negligible between the two. And then Disney came out and Disney said, We are going Blu-ray exclusive. And it destroyed HD DVD. That was it and so i think that if disney makes the decision to to embrace making films available via streaming movie theaters can't stand up to that because they will they will lose i don't think they're going to i think that you can't watch a marvel movie without seeing it out of theater okay like take, it, or the, Star take, Wars movie.
3: take the experience part out of it disney honestly, wait, wait. i gotta I, relate to what patrick's doing first i worked at cocksucker video when laser discs were a thing can you imagine we went from 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 CDs and DVDs to laser discs? What the fuck were they thinking?
0: Those giant ass discs, yeah, those things were mod yeah, they were ridiculous. And they were awesome. Like when you worked them, they were awesome, but they were they were horribly cumbersome.
5: I do think, I think they Disney, I think I think we're overhyping how much Disney cares about our movie theater experience. I I'm think not, in the grand scheme of things, they could give two shits about what we experience in a movie theater. Right, but they're you're talking
0: about Disney as a corporation. I'm talking about a director. I'm talking about the people that actually make the movies and give a they shit about
3: shit They don't give a shit either. They're getting the fuck. Dude, if you don't...
5: If you don't have an you opportunity don't listen, to get nominated for an
3: Oscar, they might not want to look for them.
5: Whenever Disney decides to make this change, that is when that is going to change. Because Disney runs... They, they're going to run the movie... Disney's going to say, we're going to streaming. And if you own 60 70% of a company, they're going to do what they tell you to do. Disney's going to change that whole format of being eligible or nominated for an Oscar or whatever. It's so, gonna Rick,
0: change. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to one, one thing that I completely disagree with you if you think that artists don't want their film to be watched in a format that they want it to be watched. If you don't believe me, go talk to James Cameron. James they Cameron.
5: Will- they want it watched doesn't matter if right. you're in your home or spending $20 on no. a popcorn. You go, a you, go,
0: you go back and look at what Jim Cameron did and how – and Disney owns Avatar. So yeah. putting this – but the work that he did to make Avatar and Titanic and Terminator and all these – directors care. Screenwriters care. They There is a format that they want their film to be seen. And a lot of them are rightfully nervous about what it does to their art. Right. As, as a director. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to do it. Because they won't have a choice. Right. And that's the thing. is Disney has the influence. I think Disney, like I said, I think we're going to look at a hybrid. I think there are movies that don't need a giant screen. To kind of get the full effect of what they're trying to do. But you can't tell me that something. Like, you can't tell me that an epic. Like, and I'll even go older than, than what we've talked about. You can't tell me that watching, say, Ben-Hur. Or just about any Cecil B. DeMille film is the same on your television screen as it was on a giant theater. Now, that doesn't mean our movie screen. Now, does that mean that it's right or that it's not going to happen? Oh, a thousand percent. I think when Disney says it, you're right. Disney says it, it's going to happen.
5: No, I agree with the the whole movie. I'm with the whole movie theater experience. I want that. I just think think we'll
0: still have it in some films. I just don't think we'll have it in all films.
5: Well, will movie theaters last?
0: I think they'll find a way. They make money on they,
5: popcorn and drinks, dude. That's it.
0: I, I think, I think they'll find a way to keep going because they are going to be able to sell the, 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 the screen and the experience and, and the, the, going itself. And like they're they are going to three movies a year. Well, they're
5: going to need more than. Three I movies think a
1: gonna, you're going to see you're going to see more theaters Walk transition. You're going to see more theaters transition in like studio movie grill and that sort of thing right. where they're giving you a bigger right. experience than just the movie. Hey, come in, have dinner, have date night, do all this shit there. And oh, by the way, here's this movie. You're going to see more of that going on because then they've got something to fall back on.
2: Yeah, we got a go kart track going on in the back behind the movie. It's awesome.
3: For as much as I bitch about having to listen to the president of Marcus Theaters, come on with his little holiday piano playing song that he does around these parts here when you go to a Marcus Theater. I do appreciate the experience and Marcus is doing something that is absolutely going to be 100% the thing. And Dave, you kind of touched on it right there. Movie tavern. You go there, you sit down, you're basically in a bar atmosphere. You can order food and drinks, sit down and watch the movie. That's the movie experience, right? Yeah. I'm
0: seeing that at our theaters too. At like Cinemark, like that's absolutely what's happening is that they're, they're, they're slow on the uptake. um, But I've seen that like,
3: for those of you who haven't heard of Marcus Theaters, go to marcustheaters.com and check out what they're doing in their theaters because right. what we have around here is fucking awesome.
1: God knows Patrick right. wishes he was drunk for Rise of Skywalker. We know, we know.
4: You know,
0: I hadn't even brought it up yet, and especially after this weekend when the little O'Dowd was very disappointing. Um, did you see? You saw that status, Dave? I know you did. So I did. I did. <laughs> little, little sidebar. So for the Friday night sleepover. We, uh, we ran out of sort of series of movies to watch. And so I look at the little O'Dowd and I was like, we need to pick a movie. And he was like, let's watch a star Wars movie. And I'm like, yes. Which one do you want to watch? The Phantom Menace. And I was like, son
3: of a <laughs> bitch. Yes. My favorite Wars like, ever. Damn
0: it. Um, and then and that was the thing is then I put po- I posted that and then everybody's posting gifts of Jar Jar Banks being like Jar Jar approves with a thumbs up. I,
2: I call uh, I call for a vote of no confidence in the little O'Dowd. <laughs> seconded.
0: Seconded. The force is strong in him. Uh, him. So yeah, I think that uh, I remember when I was back when I was in Connecticut, the Buckland Hills Theater, movie theater that was there, they had started to introduce uh, those sort of like you get the fancier chairs. You could order meals at your seat. They would bring them out to you. You could pay there. It was almost starting to turn more of this restaurant experience. My local Cinemark, before all this started to shut down, was introducing a bar and alcohol service and things like that. So I do. I think that I think that movie theaters, I don't think that all the chains that exist now are going to survive. I think we may lose one. I think that something new will rise and take its place uh, because... It's just, it's kind of the capitalistic world we live in. Like something will come and fill a void. So, as I look at movie te- movie theater tavern stuff from uh, Marcus
5: Theaters, and they're all over the place. So, how much now? are We talking a family of four is going to cost? I think for be- a movie theaters are twelve dollars at a theater. Oh, I think
0: I think it's going to be ridiculously expensive. I think that again. It comes you you are paying for you're paying for an experience. Like it's the same thing when you go to a ball game. When you go to a baseball game or you go to a Saints game to and you go to like the tickets are expensive, right? Right. Just because they are all of that food and shit's expensive. Like you can the cheapest beer I ever got at a ballpark was at Miller Park, not at Miller Park, old um old county stadium. Hey
1: man, 12 that's, bucks for a Dodger dog, that's a bargain. Listen,
3: you take away the NFL and every other a sports league or even movie experience has a night or multiple nights that you can take advantage for family nights, right? In your area, you know, there's one day of the week, you can take the family and it's cheaper than every other day of the week, right? Here's the other thing. You don't have to buy the popcorn. You know, you can sneak candy and water in there and, and that's good enough, right? I mean, it's about the movie. It's not about the popcorn and everything else. That's what makes it better at home is the popcorn and everything else when it's cheaper.
0: I mean, I just bring a couple of little cups and ask them to fill it with that popcorn butter so I can take shots while I'm watching. No, I'm just kidding. That's
5: and let me just clarify myself. I'm playing devil's advocate because it could be $100 and I'm still going to go because I no. enjoy, I enjoy the movie theater experience.
0: I like I, I miss having that southern accent back where we can hear you call it a theater. A um, yeah, hayseed. Anyway, um, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So I think this is fascinating. I think that it's going to be something that we're gonna to have to pay attention to uh coming in the coming months. I, I think if the country starts to to actually reopen and doesn't have a, a, a backslide, which I you know, who knows what's gonna happen and where, where we're gonna be.
5: Um I don't wanna to just get too a political, but Georgia has announced the lowest amount of COVID cases in the last week than they have since March. Right.
0: Because their because their two weeks increase will happen from when they reopen, but that's okay. Let's ignore science. We're going to go to a commercial break. I just want to go to a gym. Li- oh well, well, we're going to a commercial break. You've been li- you are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network. On the backside of this, we're going to talk some Star Wars. Take it away, Tony, with the commercials. Promotional consideration paid for by the following.
5: Why should you visit the Chairshot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why?
3: Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
5: TheChairShot.com.
4: Always use your head. And
0: welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, and what we're going we're gonna to spend the rest of the show talking, we're going to talk, talk more Star Wars, actually. We talked a little bit of Star Wars and you know how old Dave is, how he's you know seen him since his inception. Tony's got himself uh, representing with a Star Wars hoodie. Uh,
1: very nice, very nice. And Rick hasn't seen any of them, so there you go.
5: I was about to say, uh, first off, if the rest of the show is going to be about Star Wars, it's Mother's Day, and I need to go cook my mother some lunch. So <laughs> you can go. It's fine. Okay, you know. It, can I get my homework assignment for the week? You know, you know well, you it no, you don't have. they have to vote on it. Give me something so I can say I didn't do it. You got to give me something.
1: C- catch oh, up. On okay, the- here track. I got. something I got it. I got, I got, watch one got eyed, it. Watch one-eyed. Watch one-eyed monster, Rick. There you go. No, that's yeah. stupid. Don't do that. You can watch that one-eyed anyway.
5: Monster one through twelve.
3: Uh, yeah, he's seen that anyway. Go back and uh watch the next episode of The Witcher where you left off. Oh, okay. Episode yeah, that's three. a no. That's a no. That's a no, no. I, can, right.
5: I can watch episode
3: three in the next well, week. Well, finish Rick, finish here, finish the witcher and lock and key in order.
5: Go. Rick
0: Rick, before you go, why don't you tell people where they can follow you on Twitter, the face I chat, got, the Snap yeah. Face, all that fun stuff. I don't even know. It's www. So long. The, long. the
3: Saints or dot com. The big Rick sixty two or something. I don't know.
5: Yeah. Uh at the big Rick 62 on Twitter. We're going to pick up weekly blitz. It was supposed to be last week, but I couldn't find my recorder. The recorder has been found. So we will release our uh, returning episode of sports next week or this week if you're listening to the show. All
0: right. Well, it was good to have you back, Rick. We'll see you in four months, 21 episodes from
1: now. See no you fun, vid- r- see episode you for- 27. We will see you for episode 50, buddy.
5: <laughs> All right, guys. Y'all have a good one.
1: All right. See you later, Rick. See you, Rick. All right, so now right, we, he's now finally, we, he's now finally we, gone. Yeah, now Jesus. we can talk shit about him. So.
5: <laughs>
0: Tony's not in his not chair right. either. Let's quick, let's get it out of the way. A little, little secret lover rendezvous going on. That's what I think's is happening. Uh, I got Tunny still frozen on my screen. Oh, he, yeah,
1: he's not there. See? He's
2: so not in the chair, So You're looking at a frozen picture.
1: No, <laughs> I'm looking at a frozen Tunny. Oh. Whoa, whoa.
4: So...
0: I don't know. I feel like the three the, the three podcast hosts that are remaining in this roundtable are at least competent enough to talk about that. You know what? This is what I should have made you guys watch anyway. Um, but on May the 4th, when uh, Star Wars Day, May the 4th be with you, yada, 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 Disney released a, all kinds of news. Uh, and I'm only going to talk about one of the things that they announced uh, because I, I'm very excited about this. And this is going to be, I think, just a lot of fun speculating. But they, in addition to releasing the entire Skywalker saga, including the Rise of Skywalker, which, don't waste your time, it's a waste of your time, don't do it, it'll hurt your eyes and your ears, it's an assault on the senses and an insult to you all.
1: Or just skip Last uh, Jedi and go right to Rise on, of Skywalker. Plus,
0: only if you have a high-minded approach to Star Wars, would you choose, you have a high-minded approach to Star Wars over there, Sonny?
3: Okay, oh, you're definitely. a Jedi or something? Uh, I am uh, technically if you uh, yeah well I, I can't divulge that kind of information while we're recording but I can let as, you know afterwards many people is, know my father many people know my father
0: right Disney plus did a ton of stuff though they released a new behind the scenes uh, show about the Mandalorian a nice little roundtable con- conversation with John Favreau uh, they finished up the Clone Wars uh, animated series on May the 4th, which I'm only in season two, and we're working our way through uh, with a little O'Dowd, so I've heard it's it's very good and awesome. But they also dropped a, a little news nugget uh, that I shared immediately when I saw it, that, wow. uh, that Taika Waititi uh, is going to be directing an upcoming Star Wars film. And not only he's going to he's going to direct, he's also going to co-write this with. Uh, and I've got I got to get the names real quick. Uh, Christy Wilson uh, Christy Wilson Carnes, who wrote 1917, Last Night in So Soho, is a BAFTA award-winning um, writer in her own right um, for British Film of the Year on on, uh, on 1917 which is a hell of a movie by the way if you haven't seen 1917 go watch that movie it's freaking amazing and emmy nominated uh, writer leslie headland who wrote russian doll has been a part of the bachelorette i don't know if we should hold that against her uh they're all developing she's developing a new untitled star wars series for disney plus but i want to get to the top of this Taika Waititi who most of you probably know on this show for his work directing Thor Ragnarok, uh, but also directed the very good movie I have not yet seen yet, or I have not yet seen, uh, Jojo Rabbit, but I've heard nothing but good stuff about it and that I know I need to watch it, uh, is coming out here. And then for me, he was also the writer and director of the movie What We Do in Shadows uh, and is the executive producer of the, T- the FX TV show, which, by God, Dave, if you haven't checked this show out, Tony, if you haven't checked this show out, I really need you to check out what we do in the shadows. Hilarious. It is hilarious. Uh, and this past week, so it's these four it's these four vampires that that are housemates together, and they're they're allowing a TV camera crew uh, to to film their lives a la a reality TV show. But they've got this one guy. His name is Colin Robinson, and Colin Robinson is what is known as an energy vampire, and he's a daywalker. And his whole thing is that he feeds off of the the life energies of other people by being like the most tedious, annoying, boring guy on the planet. And most of his life that you see is him in an office cubicle doing really annoying office things like sharpening 30 pencils right next to somebody. Uh, And he uh, in this episode, he becomes super powered because he gets promoted and has authority over folks and can just bring them in and bore them to death uh with 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 energy draining like he calls in an employee for an an impromptu employee review where he asks him if you're a tree what kind of tree would you be and then has him write a 2000 pay, a 2000 word report over why they chose maple
3: it's gen- you know you're not a Ru- are you not a rush fan <laughs> you know what happens rush. with the trees yeah I'd be a I fucking do. oak but anyway
0: the show is genius it's really funny yeah i'm sorry i'm no selling today i guess i'm no selling um
1: i'd sell I can't i'd recommend... sell more if Tony wasn't frozen on my screen but i i can't interact with him uh, so. oh, no, no. Seriously? seriously but he's only
0: frozen on your screen
2: yeah it's just you
1: Jeez. i know it's just me if you're, fan, it's, it's all, see, if you're a fan it's
2: all there of, uh, if you're a fan of uh you're a fan of flight of, of the concords my... as yes. well Jermaine clement is one of the other ones that does this with taiko at yeah just fantastic show the movie was great the tv show is great
0: oh my god Nandor,
2: <laughs> Nandor and, and yeah.
0: Nandor and Claudia, I think is and her is, name, and, and it's familiar,
2: uh, a yeah.
0: Guillermo, Guillermo, who Guillermo. is a, a descendant of the Van Helsing family, but he like loves vampires, and so he's like conflicted because he's really good at killing vampires, but he loves being the familiar of a. Van- it's hilarious. It's a great show. Watch it. There's so much possibility with him directing a Star
1: Wars film. It's going to be great. Um, no, it's gonna it's gonna be great, but I mean, where do they go? Any 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 speculation as to where they're going?
3: I don't even care. Where do you where do you want them to go? Let's go Not around the horn the with that real quick. Like, would you want it to be before? Do you want it to be after? Do you want it to be more in depth into the Skywalker saga? What do you want? I
1: want them to be done with the Skywalker saga. I, I I'd like to see something it, yeah. different. Before or after? Probably. I would love. Oh, go ahead, Dave. I mean, and this is maybe just because I, you know, like Knights of the Old Republic was number one on my list and I've been going back playing through it, but I'd like to see them do like, you know, stuff before the original trilogy, you know, or the prequel trilogy even go back further. There's a lot of lore in the Old Republic that they could do some really cool stuff with. I I, I don't want to see them go after Skywalker saga because I think that's just, you know, that's a a lot to live up to and, and try to figure out where are we going with this thing and how do you do that without at least bringing Rey in and some capacity so that's just my because it's a
0: big ass galaxy and there's all kinds of places you could go I don't know
3: could could they just decide to say you know what we're done with the Skywalker saga we're not going to leave this timeline we're not going to go before we're not going to go after we're going to do more solo we're going to do more Rogue One we're going to fill in all the holes because there's infinite periods of time or uh, simultaneously things that are happening
0: so Disney's made it pretty clear that the Skywalker saga is done like that, that is finite, that, that, that the rise of Skywalker was it for that thread of those characters being primary parts of the Star Wars universe. And so I think that's what's important to keep in mind is it's not that you can't still acknowledge their existence because they're there, they're a significant part of things, but you can talk about what's gonna happen next and not like all the Skywalkers are dead except for Ray and who knows where Ray's going to do or go or what she's going to do. She could be, she could be the Disney plus show, Dave, to be honest. It's good. Like if you really, if you really wanted to look at it that way, what about you? What about you, Dan? What do you think?
2: I'd love to see, uh, a th- something before, you know, everything that kind of leads up to, uh, Anakin being born or Anakin coming into the fray there. I know Dave mentioned, I think it was, Dave mentioned Obi-Wan would be a good story. They haven't really done much, with him except for in the, you know, episode one. And I could see him doing something going back there. You know, I think those guys could have a lot of fun with something with Yoda, you know, and have it because, you know, it's going to have some comedic, you know, elements to it quite a bit because that's Taika Waititi's kind of character and how he likes to direct things. If you saw Ragnarok, you'll, you'll know. Um, I could see him doing something like that. I'd like to see that. I kind of like to see beforehand, you know they have a ton of different Jedi there. They have, there's all sorts of stuff going on before any of the Skywalkers come into it. That they have plenty of stories to pull from. I mean the like you said the 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 universe is massive. There's so many other things that they could do besides just Skywalker. But I'd love a I'd love a kind of a prequel of a leading up to. Here's what's been going on before the they came into this as the you know the saviors right. or whatever that they were supposed to be the ones that were going to change the course of. Jedi history and what happened before that? Where, where did that, that lore come from?
1: Exactly. And I think you could play the whole, the Jedi versus Sith is a, is a primary rivalry that threads through all the star Wars universe. That has really nothing to do with the Skywalker saga, you know, per se.
2: And, you know, a young Palpatine
1: or, 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 you know, Darth, uh, you know, who did he, the Darth, Darth Darth Plagueis, who, (laughs) you know, that's what I was going to
3: say. What if they do more of the dark side? stories for the movies do it it's possible here here's
0: the thing that i um i i would be interested in, and, and i know they've already done a lot and they do a lot of these series already that are kind of concurrent with what's going on like i would like to see uh a something done that is concurrent with the original rebellion and what's taking place and so the thing that i loved about thor ragnarok more than anything out of out of um the work that YT did there, and you know, Dan, you hit it on. Like most people know him for his comedic skill, and he's a genius. There's, he's also really good at putting some really dramatic stuff in there, some stuff with heart. Like if you look at Odin's death in Thor Ragnarok, it's awesome. Like, and it's very well done. It's very dramatic. It's, it's very like it's a level of serious. And you know, he's more than he's more than just a comedic director. And I, I appreciate that. The other thing that I loved about Thor Ragnarok is just the work he did visually and his use of color and very much. A lot of what we've seen out of star Wars has been a lot of the really like sort of dark rustic, like from that rebellion sort of point of view of they have next to nothing. So everything can look gray washed and poor. I would love to see Taika Waititi do something on say like a Coruscant Or some other sort of like hyper advanced system that we haven't necessarily seen before even that could take into account his skill with the aesthetics um, and with his just his use of color and the way like the thing that really stands out about Thor Ragnarok to me is just how bright everything is like that movie is loaded with color and there's a lot of potential in Star Wars to really have something that kind of bursts onto the screen that could be very exciting to see. And, you know, we see this really narrow part of the rebellion through the Skywalker saga. We know other shit was going on. It had to like, this is a galactic empire. Are you telling me that this one thing is it? Uh, And I, and I would love to see some of that explored and how that fit into the overall rebellion.
1: I just want to see the devil's anus link Star Wars and the MCU together. Now that would be fun.
3: Jesus. <laughs> what if, uh, you know, I'm talking about the the, 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 the darker, excuse me, the darker characters. I can't even help myself right now. What if we knew about Darth Maul before Darth Maul? Like, you know, Garth Maul he turned into Darth Maul. Something Garth. like that. No, or, or blame really, it on his roots blame it on his roots he showed up with a double-edged <laughs> uh you know lightsaber with with horns on his head doom, doom, doom.
1: <laughs> or Jesus. would they want would they want to explore darth maul's continuation on, on live action i mean it's fleshed out in clone wars real well and rebels and that sort of thing and but, rebels yeah, yeah but would they want to actually bring that to because he's an iconic character and you know a lot right. of people think that he died at, it, when he gets cut in half in Phantom Menace, your favorite movie, Patrick. But as we know from Clone Wars and Rebels, that's not what happens. And there's a much larger Darth mall story. So lots of options. Right.
0: I got to tell you, the little O'Dowd is having trouble computing that uh, because when Disney Plus like does like a suggestion for like the next movie or whatever, um, or it suggests Clone Wars, it always pops up with... Um, the picture of Darth Maul is like the thumbnail for for Clone Wars. And he's like, But didn't Clone War he got cut in half. How like, like what is going on here? And I'm like, We haven't gotten there yet. You'll get there. Relax, dude. It's okay.
2: Of duct tape, duct yeah, tape and staples.
0: Right. It's not like they're in a, you know,
3: bubble gum and popsicle vibe, sticks, as Platt likes to say. Right. Bubblegum and Popsicle right. Sticks.
1: I am one with the force. The force is one with me. That's that's it. Right.
3: See, speaking of characters, I'd
0: love to get explored. Like that guy from uh, Rogue Squad. From Rogue One. Rogue One. Rogue One. Uh, awesome. Loved it. When the thunder so, rolls, Darth Maul strikes. Stop with the Garth Brooks. Jesus Christ.
3: Dude's an asshole. He's a total asshole. So so's Darth Maul. It's fucking appropriate. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: I do see a meme there, by the way. If anybody could just merge the faces. Uh, I'm sure that's happened somewhere. But... uh. Yeah, I here's the thing is this is a home run, right? Like this is a home run in terms of somebody to, to put together a movie and really give it some legs. This is really something I think Star Wars needs uh for its next film because let's be honest, regardless of how you feel about the rise of Skywalker or The Last Jedi, or um what what was that first one? Force Awakens. So yeah, Force Awakens, yeah the ugly step shop there they didn't they didn't perform to expectations well
1: and here's i mean did you read the stories i mean like you said a lot in star wars news this week one of the bigger stories was the internal conflict between mm-hmm. who's it kathleen kennedy is that her name i don't fucking right that's
0: it. that that's actually the next um see what a great segue, we we're going to talk about what a great segue,
1: was the- right? <laughs> Was the, was this internal strife? What a great,
3: uh, what a Sunday segue, Dave. What a Sunday segue.
1: (laughs) Shout out to Kenny.
0: The the, the split opinion about Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker right down the middle um, has left a a lot of people disenchanted uh, and that there is some internal strife about the direction of Star Wars. So Dave, why don't you pick up on your thought from there?
1: Just like like you said, I mean, yeah, there are massively differing opinions between. I mean, Force Awakens. I know you don't like it so much because you think it's a retread of New Hope, but by and large, most people were in favor of that. And then, Last Jedi polarized people. Rise of Skywalker polarized people even further. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Kathleen Kennedy was in charge of overseeing that. Lots of people thinking that the Disney handling of the of the po- the sequel trilogy wasn't so great. And then you look at what John Favreau's done with several things in the mcu and then what he did with the mandalorian and a lot of undercurrent people wanting him to take the lead for wherever they go with the next series of movies uh and i gotta say you know just looking at it my own feelings on rise of skywalker versus last jedi notwithstanding i would say yeah you look at favreau's track record let him run with it
4: i
0: maybe i maybe i i don't think that he can't do it i think that um I just hope he doesn't go the way of Iron Man 2. Uh and people kind of forget that he was really the driving he was really the driving for, He even admitted. and here's the thing is it's one misstep and maybe I'm nitpicking over over a misstep but I like well, I'm rewatching I'm rewatching the MCU phase 1 through 3 right now in order. I guarantee you, it, you like just, Iron
1: Man 2 better than Rise of Skywalker. I'm going to put money on it.
0: I not, no no no, I think they're kind of equally awful. I would put them <laughs> in about the same place. And here's why. Here comes more of this.
1: <laughs> equally tr- equally trashy, <laughs> equally trashy.
0: Well, here's the thing is Iron Man 2, you can't tell me Iron Man 2 isn't anything more than a fucking commercial for the Avengers movie. You can't. Cuz it's what it is. It's and, the and, best and, fucking commercial ever then. Yeah. <sighs> It's tedious. It's pointless. They solve their problem in like 30 seconds. Like he just magically invents an element. I get he's Tony Stark. I get he's the smartest thing on the planet. But come on, man. Like he's been dealing with this thing forever. And like Nick Fury knows exactly that this element is what he needs to invent and it's fine. And like you're not a wrestling fan, are you?
1: I am a wrestling fan. Very
3: much so. You should you should know better than to suspend your disbelief.
1: It's not a terrible movie, but it's certainly not. Yeah, it's not Iron Man three or Iron now, Man one.
0: Now, now, do I think it's the worst Marvel movie out there? No, I mean I don't. I don't at all. It's like the second worst. Thor, uh, Thor, you know.
1: Thor, Dark World. Anybody? You know, <laughs> Thor the Dark World's pretty bad. Yeah. Man, it's pretty bad. Well, it and, falls in line with those
2: and, sequels being worse than the originals. You know, those are if more I, attempted if I direct sequels. Well,
0: and here and here's the thing is, if I didn't have a soft spot for Kenneth Brana as a writer and a director, like I would probably put four one down there. If I was honest, honest, it's okay. It's not a good movie.
3: That's what um, we're here for. Patrick, honest, honest,
0: honest, 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 you know, gun to my head. Nice, nice little star Wars reference there. Um, four one is
3: terrible.
1: Uh, it's, it's just not good.
3: <laughs> that should be the title of this show. Patrick says Thor one is terrible,
1: but I mean, going back to John Favreau, maybe it's recency bias, but I, I get Iron Man two, notwithstanding a lot of his recent stuff has been, quite good which is why people are did going you, to did you watch sports center this morning Who? did i know no i'm talking to dave no. dave did you watch sports center this morning no sir
3: Al duncan referenced recency bias this morning on sports center that's funny
1: it's a real thing
0: i definitely a real it thing it is and and maybe there is, you know, i think that there is a lot of goodwill that was built out of the mandalorian uh for john favreau when it comes to star wars and you know he really tapped into that space western theme that was what made like the thing that's so great about a new hope is a new hope is a space western samurai movie like how does you how do you do that and make it work uh now there's no samurai there's l- not not so much samurai movie action out of the Mandalorian, but the space western thing pavro nailed it like, can you can,
3: can you guys here you go Three words explain why Mandalorian is so good. Three words. You get three words to explain why Mandalorian is so good. And you come up with three words. Very Lucas-like.
0: I mean, <laughs> see, I don't even need three. It's two. It's space western.
3: I have spoken.
0: There
1: you go, he. That was the best response.
3: More is less. True. Or Less is more. Less is more. I'm sorry. I mean, the other I, way around. Oh. Less is more. I think because we, there's less there's less things going on and it's more to one storyline. It's a very
1: intimate story. Like Patrick says, I think Mandalorian felt like star Wars and that's what force awakens, last Jedi and rise of Skywalker feel a lot like a, a star Wars retread without a really compelling narrative going on. You know, that's
0: right. It's kind of, it's kind of like, it's a love letter to star Wars. Like you could tell particularly in the force awakens, that J.J. Abrams is writing a love letter to Star Wars in, in this movie. And that's okay. And, and here's the thing is, I went and saw The Force Awakens in the theater twice. So, What's like, wrong with connecting dots? There's nothing wrong with connecting dots, but did it really push a narrative forward? Or did you just retread a movie that we've already seen? That's the thing. It's like, it's the same thing with wrestling. I I occasionally like a retread or re in a revisiting of a plot point. If it does something new and different and creates and, sh- and points something into a new direction, I don't think the force awakens did that at all.
3: I don't right, think but, if if all. The, but if the characters are so intimi- intimately connected, why wouldn't that be the narrative for said story happening again?
1: It can be, but like using a wrestling again, game, did you just go Canadian on me? No, I said, I said what's it that all about? Be? Eh. I said, it can be, (laughs) but like you're using a wrestling analogy. How many times have we seen like wrestling matches where somebody, what's the difference? A much bigger difference. Well, listen, not like a much bigger competitor doesn't know how physical they can get with a smaller competitor, you know? And so the match looks just too forced. And I thought that the sequel trilogy, it's like, we don't know how far we can take this with our own vision. So let's just play it safe and let's just connect dots and let's do this. yeah, but, but to just do that you're,
3: really you're, well played well for me, I, and I understand if they didn't play well for you guys. I guess that's kind of the bottom line, then, right I, there. I, I didn't hate.
0: To be it, a devil's but. advocate, though, and, and and this is what's funny is they got burned for trying to go in a different direction with yeah. Ryan Johnson's, you know, Last Jedi. Like, and th- and that's the thing is like. I, I we we know there's it's no secret how I feel about The Last Jedi. I love it because I felt like it took a risk and it tried to push forward a mythology in a way that The Force Awakens did. not And that and, and again, Tony, to kind of get back to what you were asking me, I don't mind that there are similarities in plot points. Like I'm OK with circular te- storytelling. You still need to advance This mythology and this story and this world that you've built and I really don't feel like The Force Awakens did that. I feel like The Force Awakens is a great nostalgia run of a lot of notes and I've I've even mentioned this before the callbacks to the original trilogy to me felt very forced at times like very much like it felt like to me like J.J. Abrams was trying to tell me that I love Star Wars too. See, here's how I know my shit. And I felt like if they had done less of that and really done something with pushing the mythology of star Wars forward outside of Ray being the chosen one who look women. I would have liked that movie a lot more. And I loved that they took risks. What I think happened in, 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 um, in the last shadow, what I, what we saw happen was they took risks and it was polarizing and Disney in particular was like, we can't we can't have this. Can't be polarizing. We got to have fans behind this. We don't want to lose them. And so I think that they regressed and stepped back. And I think that they then went back to a JJ Abrams and they started to make then a movie that was a hot garbage mess with that made no goddamn sense and brought things back that people were familiar with. Mr. Emperor Hood. I uh, think that's
2: I think you're talking about that risk. I think that's where they're at right now. I think that's the I think that's the idea with bringing Taika Waititi or talking about John Favreau doing the next, you know, somebody different doing the next iteration of Star Wars, because this is a chance for them to do. It's going to be something different. It's going to be a different story. And it's another opportunity for them to take that kind of risk and say, okay, we want to try a different direction here. Let's see if it's going to work. It's going to work or not.
0: And I think that's that's where they're going. Right. And I think that's the exciting thing is that Waititi's already done it because Waititi did it with Thor. Because Thor was a set of movies that people like the idea of Thor, but the movies were not really that exciting or great with the way they were being done. And he took that and was like, look, let's do it this way. And it was a real risk to do a hyper sci-fi buddy comedy in the middle of fucking space with Hulk and Thor. And
1: it worked. And it it worked so well. I mean, it's beyond... I mean, yeah, everything you say is true. But, I mean, they took Thor, which was a very serious, stoic, uh, uncharismatic character. Dour. Yeah. Dour uh, exactly. is and the then, word And it. then Taika Watiti comes like, in with Ragnarok and flips this thing completely. And now Thor's the most colorful, uh, charismatic, funny character in the MCU, which you could never Suddenly have anticipated.
0: Suddenly people Thor all along. Suddenly people are like, I always loved Thor. No, yeah. he didn't. Right. And Liar. then,
1: and then they, they, they do that. And then he, on top of that, they're combining a story that we haven't seen with world war hulk you know into one yep. movie that couldn't have been easy to do to give that storyline justice and he pulls it off really well so yeah i uh, feel really optimistic about where star wars can go with him at the helm um it, and it wouldn't be the worst thing to make a more Ragnarokish guardians of the galaxy ish kind of take on star wars get some more comedy in there why not
3: so you guys talk about wanting more creativity and new kind of storyline in Star Wars-ish kind of thing, right? That's kind of where you guys are at for the most point. and you all agreed that you want it to happen before the Skywalker saga. But why not Poor have story. it happen? Why not have it happen after? You have total freedom I, there. I, there's I, no I reason to, to, to have it. Too. Oh, 100%. no. There's no like like that's where I wanted to go. I wanted to sure. go after. And I want it to be. I want them. The only thing that I want them to do to maintain themselves with Star Wars is to maintain a trilogy aspect. We're not gonna. We're not gonna plan to make one. We're gonna plan to make three. We're gonna tell that story. And if we decide to end that story after three, fine. If we decide to continue it, great. We don't have to do six. We don't have to do nine. We can do whatever increments we want. But I still like the trilogy, right? You can do whatever you want, then you can get more creative. Like you said, with the new director who wants to be creative, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Then he can pull from every which way and from the backside, you know, and and that's kind of, I've been waiting to kind of, I asked that question to you guys. And and that's my main thing is I'd love to see them move forward.
0: Sure. I think, and here's the thing is we're, we're talking about this in a vacuum. Like we know Disney is going to find a way to, to tell a lot of stories. Yep. Cash and creative as Jim Ross would say. And, and so I think that what I really hope that they do is what Kevin Feige did with Marvel. And you look at the people that they continue to pick to, to write and direct these movies. They look for people that are on a cutting edge. They look for people that are going to tell good stories. Um, uh, you know what? I hope we get our first woman director for Star Wars, uh, for a Star Wars. movie. We haven't had that yet. Um, I, mean, I think we get our first black director. I think, you know, there's all kinds of possibilities and get some of these great, great creative minds. Give me a Ryan Coogler directing a Star Wars movie. Like I'm cool with that, please. So yeah. yes, Tony, I, I think, I think there has been, I think that there is a lot of possibility for the future. I think that that was one of the things that I do appreciate about the end of the rise of Skywalker is that we're looking on a horizon at the end there that, again, mirrors episode four, looking at the the horizon on Tatooine, uh, towards a future where just about anything is possible. And that is always exciting.
3: Now, didn't, wasn't, didn't, did, did Ming, Ming-Na Wen direct, partially direct an episode in Mandalorian?
0: Right, but nobody's done a movie yet.
3: Okay, okay. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, technically she'd be the first female director in the Star Wars, although yeah, is there and, some on the other side for Attack of the Clones and things of that nature? No, maybe I mean,
0: maybe maybe an animated episode that like you'd have to really kind of dig in the we I don't know if that's happened, but um I do know I just wanted to mention
3: thing. I just wanted to mention her for playing a phenomenal character, and I do believe that she has directing experience and was a co-director on that episode at the very right. least. You watch cool. the Disney Gallery thing.
0: Yep. So yeah, a lot of, I got to tell you guys, I, uh, I'm i glad that we were able to do this kind of episode this week. You know, we've had a lot of time where there hasn't been a lot of news. And, you know, this past week with May the 4th and Disney, they they delivered uh, and stuff kept coming. And so it was it was awesome. And, and I, I love doing the lists. I, I was hoping they'd be a special thing. But to be able to talk about a lot of this stuff today, uh, it's just exciting because it feels like this is what, you know, I kind of hoped we would be doing a lot of on this podcast is talking about what's coming. And there's feels like there's some good things coming, at least in, in the star Wars world. I, just I had sent a great you guys, time I, today.
1: I just sent you guys well, something did. for next week, but just, oh yeah. but just digest that and think about that. Cause that's a, a big conversation. I'm going to, I
3: want to, I want to throw myself under the bus and, and put someone over at the same time here. I, I was like, oh damn, this is gonna be one hell of a day. Big Rick coming back. As much as I love Big Rick, but god damn, if Big Rick didn't throw in some great conversation and some great questions along the way, and I thought he, he, did. he did a great job today. And uh and 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 my message to you, Rick, if you're listening to this, which you do listen to a lot of the podcasts over there on the chairshot.com is we want your ass here then. Come on, buddy. Welcome back. Good
1: to see you again. Yeah, Rick's all right.
0: So uh <laughs> Hey, uh, Hey, Hey Dave. Yes, sir. Hey Dave, I sent you that link like two days ago.
1: Did you really? Yeah.
0: Go, right. go back and check out, <laughs> go check out the bandwagon nerds chat thread. Oh. There is one earlier up there, but yes, oh. I'm, I meant to bring it up. Um, uh, but yeah, we can save that for next week. Uh, cause I do oh, think yeah. that's a good, that's a good one to talk about. Um, so we, on that note, you know, it was great to have big Rick back. I look forward to having him back maybe, um, you know, unless the Saints play some summer games, we'll we'll have them around for a little bit. But um, good show today, fellas. Why don't we do a quick once around? Tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs. We'll start with DPP today. Why don't we do it that way?
2: Oh, well, you can find me all over the worldwide social media interwebs, and it's me DPP. And make sure you check out Facebook.com/slash DWI Podcast for the DWI Podcast with PC Tony and myself,
3: Tony. I- I am the aforementioned PC Tunny. You can find me at PC Tunny. You can find me on this show at Bandwagon Nerds. You can find me on Ad Pod Is War at Podcast DWI, the PIW special, The Last Dance, as are every Monday night, talking about Michael Jordan and the Bulls, and the Frankie DeFalco show. So there you go.
1: Remember, folks, send your hate tweets to at the Big Rick 62. He will certainly appreciate <laughs> all of that. You can find me um, at Attitude. Ag. <laughs> Pop at attitude, a G G or on facebook.com slash attitude of aggression.
0: And you can find me Patrick O'Dowd on the Twitter at wrestling realist. That is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. Hi, along with doing the Bandwagon Nerds podcast, which drops on Tuesday. I'm also a part of the Chair Shot Radio podcast that drops on Wednesdays with Craig DeMarco and Miranda Morales. Give us a listen and watch me try to save my job. Anyway, that's going to do it for us here on this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Half the time, all of the quality. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Now climb out of the basement and make your mother a dinner. Give her a call. Wish her well. It's Mother's Day, for God's sakes. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds.